Our scripture lesson this morning comes from the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 through 5. But before I read that to you, I invite you once again to bow your heads and join me in prayer. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we come to you now with open hearts, hopeful to hear your word. We pray by the grace of your spirit that the words we hear and the thoughts of our hearts will lead us to your will for all of us as your church and for each of us as your children. Dear God, we love you. We thank you for your love. Amen. So again, Isaiah chapter 40, beginning with the first verse. Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cried out, In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, it's just the Sunday after Thanksgiving, but I wonder how many of you have already started listening to Christmas music. I have to be honest with you, I started listening to Christmas music the day after Halloween. I've just needed a little pick-me-up in my life over the past few weeks, and so I started listening way back a few weeks ago. I like some of the, the new songs that have come out in the past few years. In fact, I like to try to embarrass Julianne by singing those very loudly in the car. I try to sing out loud with Mariah Carey when she sings about all she wants for Christmas is you. Or I like to sing along with the Amy Grant songs. Julianne has both of those CDs and, and that we listen to from time to time. I even like to play a little air guitar with the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. And in fact, I hate to admit this, but I even bob my head every now and then when I hear Elmo and Patsy sing, Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. But my favorite songs are those old songs, those classic songs that I listened to as a child and that really my parents listened to as children. When Gene Autry sings, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, or when Frank Sinatra sings, Jingle Bells, or those old songs that we love to hear, Elvis singing, Blue Christmas, those songs I love to hear. One of my favorites was a song that was actually written back in 1943 during World War II. It was written by a woman named Kim Gannon, and she was trying to write from the perspective of those soldiers who were overseas, longing to be with their friends and their family during the Christmas season, during the holiday season. She pretended like she was writing a letter home from one of those soldiers overseas and talked about how that soldier wanted to be right there with snow on the ground, surrounded through the Christmas tree with his family, and, and seeing the presents under the tree. And she wrote those beautiful words that, the, that ends the song. Song. Um, on Christmas Eve you'll find me where the love light gleams. I'll be home for Christmas, if only in my dreams. 
That's where we all want to be this Christmas season. We all want to be home, back where we belong, back where things make sense. And that's why we've chosen Home for Christmas as our theme for this Christmas season. We want to be back home right here in our church where we call home, right here in our sanctuary where we like to celebrate Christmas the way we're used to celebrating Christmas, doing all the same traditions that we want to do. And yet we know, obviously, we can't do that this year the way we want to. And so it's a theme of ours that during the holiday season, we want to be surrounded by those people that we love and be surrounded by those traditions that we love and hold most dear. We want to be home for Christmas every single year. But that theme of home for Christmas is not just a good theme for 2020. It's actually the theme of every single Christmas, even the theme throughout our Holy Scripture. When we look at the, the Scriptures that we read each Christmas season, that theme is about God calling people back home, promising that a new day is coming, bringing us back to the world and to the way of life that God intended. That Jesus Christ will come and lead us back home to the promised land where we belong. That's the context of our passage from Isaiah this morning, and we read it quite often at Christmas time. Isaiah is, is crying out in a world that, as you know, is a world full of exiles. People of Israel, the, the Jews, are spread all throughout the world here in this passage from the Old Testament because of the, the empires of the Assyrian Empire and the Babylonian Empire. They've been spread all throughout, taken from their homes. And even those people that are still there in Jerusalem and in Israel they can't celebrate their God and live their faith the way they were taught to through the Old Testament. What they wanted more than anything else was to, to be back in the world where they belonged, worshiping God, practicing their culture, surrounded by friends and family like they knew they were supposed to be, like God had promised for them. It's here in this world where the prophet Isaiah cries out to these people wherever they are, prepare the way for the Lord. They were out in places where they were separated from their friends, separated from their family, separated from everything that they knew. It was a tragic place, a place where hope was gone. And we have actually heard about this many times throughout Scripture. There's actually a figurative word that we use when we talk about this place of separation, this place of loneliness, this place of despair. That place is called the wilderness. It's a place where we are so far away from the place that we call home, so far away from the people that we love, and all we want to do is get back there. That's where the people of Israel are in the exile. They are out there in a world that is unknown to them, and they have been there for generations and generations and generations just learning how to survive. Maybe some of you have been in a wilderness in your own life where all you could do is just wake up in the morning and try to put one foot in front of the other and learn how to survive in a world that didn't make sense to you. Maybe some of you have heard the story of, of Hal Kushner, who was a doctor, and, and, and long before he became a doctor, he served in the armed forces back in the 1960s and 70s when he uh, went to Vietnam. His story is a, a pretty inspiring one, actually. He had gone over, and four months after he was stationed in Vietnam, his helicopter crashed, and he was taken as a POW, and he lived in POW camps for five and a half years. Can you imagine being that long? 
living in jungle camps and, and surviving in ways that I honestly don't have the stomach to tell you about. And he finally was able to come back home and tell his story. And he talked all the time about many people that were with him, other soldiers who died, died right there in his arms. And he had really no idea how he survived and they did not. But one of the things he did talk about was how he saw other soldiers who would, who would get depressed and despairing in the conditions that they were in. And the one difference he said between them and him is that he would often see these soldiers saying, if I can just survive until Christmas, we'll make it. If I can just survive until the spring, we'll get rescued. If I can just survive until the summer, if I can just fight through, I know someone will come and rescue me. And time and time again over those five and a half years, those soldiers were disappointed. But his mantra was a little different. He would wake up every morning and, and go to bed every night and he would say these words, I will be here when the morning comes. I will be here when the morning comes. Day after day, he would wake up in the morning and go to bed at night and his goal was just to survive one more day. One more diet to learn how to survive in the wilderness. That's what the people of Israel had had to learn how to do for generations, to learn how to survive in a world that God never intended, to learn how to survive in a world that was at each other's throats, to learn how to survive in a world that had torn them apart from their families and really helped them to forget many of the things that God had wanted them to do, their culture that made them who they were. Now, none of us have had to go through what Hal Kushner have gone through, but I dare say there are some of us who have had to go through wilderness times in our lives, times when we have felt trauma that we just can't seem to understand why it happened to us, times when we have felt pain and we don't know how we're going to survive, when we've lost loved ones, lost children, or heard diagnoses that just didn't seem fair to us, or maybe even heard those words there's just nothing we can do for you now. And in those moments, out there in that wilderness world, all we can do is learn how to survive, learn how to adapt, learn how to cope in a world that is not the way God intended it to be. And so when we hear those words from Isaiah, those words that are echoed by, the, by, the, by John the Baptist just before Jesus came, when we hear those words, those are words of hope. Words that are day after day putting one foot in front of the other, striving, hanging in there, doing the best that we can. Those words may finally be rewarded with answered prayers, with Jesus Christ coming to set the world right to the way it's supposed to be. When we face pain and suffering for too long, those words prepare the way for the Lord. Those are words that we long to hear, especially out in the wilderness. But I dare say there are some other people in our passage this morning, some other people who heard, were, heard those words from Isaiah, and maybe even a few of us, maybe even myself, that those words from the prophet Isaiah are not the hopeful words that we think they are. They're not the hopeful words for us because somehow, some way, we have made a home for ourselves out in the wilderness. 
we have somehow adapted so well to this world that doesn't look like the world that God intended. We have somehow found a way to, to carve out a little world, a little home for ourselves that we're pretty comfortable right here in the wilderness. And for people like me, John the Baptist and Isaiah don't mean for those words to be hopeful. Those words are meant to be a challenge for people like me. Because you see, I wake up in the morning and one of the things that Julianne and I have realized during this time of COVID-19 is not how difficult we have had it, but we've realized how blessed we are, how much we have that we often take for granted. Because of a church that supports us and friends and family who love us, there is so much that we have not had to face during this difficult year of 2020. And yet we look at people around us who have had to face far more pain and suffering than we have. And we have found a way to adapt and survive, not really let us change our lives too much at all. I'll flip over and I'll read the paper and I'll see that there are people right around us who have lost their jobs. And my first thought will be, well, that's a shame. I wish I could do something. And then I'll flip over and read the sports section. Or I'll read about people around us who right now, right in our midst, are, are dying of hunger. They can't feed themselves. And I'll think, oh, I just I wish there was something I could do. But then I'll go and I'll celebrate my own Thanksgiving by myself. Or I'll see people all around me who are hurting and, and are in pain. People that I wish I could help. Or I'll see pain and violence and racism and things like that on TV. And I'll say, oh, no, no, that's not me. But... Then when I start to shave in the morning, I don't really want to look myself in the eye too clearly in the mirror. I see all these things happening around me, and it's a little uncomfortable for me, but I have somehow found a way to make a home for myself in this world that God never intended. And so when I hear those words from the prophet Isaiah, prepare the way for the Lord, Isaiah's talking to me. You need to get ready because change is about to come. Jesus Christ is on His way and that's not meant to be a hopeful word for you. That's meant to be a challenging word for you. And as a church, that is what we are called to do to join that chorus of voices of Isaiah and John the Baptist and tell this whole world that doesn't make sense, prepare the way for the Lord. Because long before this COVID-19 virus came, we were diving deeper and deeper and deeper into the wilderness. But the job of a church, the job of a Christian, is to try to continue to be uncomfortable in the wilderness and to do everything we can to try to prepare this world for the coming of the Lord. And we do that through our words and through our actions by loving our neighbors as ourselves. For example, you all might know the Kearney Center that is downtown. It's a, a wonderful place that we use, one of the real primary places here in our town that, that serves people who are homeless or serves people who are at risk. That got started by a church, First Presbyterian Church downtown, who one night here in Tallahassee, of all places, several people died by freezing to death. Can you imagine freezing to death in Florida? 
But instead of that church saying, well, that's just too bad. I wish that didn't happen. They said, this can't happen in God's world. And so they opened up a cold night shelter in their basement. And that was how the Kearney Center got started. Other people joined in. People who who were business owners in town, other churches joined in. And that soon grew into the place that we know now that serves so many people in need. And we've seen that here at our church too. Every time we give food to somebody with man on meridian, you can see the hope in their eyes that they realize I'm going to be able to survive one more day in this wilderness because you've given me food. Or we see that hope in the eyes of our, our teachers over at Sealy. I want you to know I walked in this morning and I got some 50 some odd thank you cards from the teachers at Sealy for, for just showing them that they are not alone, that they're loved and supported during this difficult time. Or when we give scholarships to children to our preschool who could never afford to go there otherwise. And they see they have a chance now that they would never have otherwise. It's in those moments that churches like ours, Christians like us are saying, prepare the way for the Lord right here, right now in the wilderness. Because you see, God never intended us to feel at home in the wilderness. The wilderness is a place where we go, yes, to grow, to push ourselves, to challenge ourselves, but God always intended to call us home, call us back to the world and to the people where we belong. So this Advent season, this Christmas season, you may be either one of those people, you may be just trying to scratch and survive and get through each day, adapting and living in this world that doesn't make sense to you. And I hope for you, you hear those words from Isaiah this morning and you hear that hope is on the way. Help is on the way. Jesus Christ is coming. And that should give you the courage to get up and say, I will be here when the sun rises tomorrow. For those of you like me, we need to hear those words as a challenge. Jesus Christ is coming. And so we need to be prepared. To the glory of God. Amen.